Welcome to Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, the weekly podcast featuring the very best in productivity and professional development in the nonprofit sector. I'm your host, Patton McDowell. My goal is to make sure each episode gives you ideas and actionable advice that you can use on your journey down the nonprofit path. Before we get into this episode, a couple of reminders. Be sure to subscribe to the Path Podcast if you haven't already. We are available on nearly every podcast platform, so pick your favorite and join us. And uh, feel free to share this episode and others with folks that you know in the nonprofit sector who perhaps are like you looking for advice on professional development and productivity on their leadership journey. Also, check out our website, PattonMcDowell.com, as we have expanded the podcast section as well as uh, are featuring each episode and its guest in a little bit more in-depth manner so that you can get more information about the folks that we are featuring and, in particular, the resources that they suggest each time. This episode features Yvonne Levine from YGL Enterprises, who is perfectly suited to help us consider professional development, in particular personal branding, as we aspire to nonprofit leadership. Yvonne coaches individuals and businesses in personal branding, particularly the leaders, and she's going to help us better understand what exactly is personal branding and why it is important to nonprofit professionals on their leadership path. Um, when should we start paying attention to this as a professional? How do we pay attention to this and what do we do about it? And most importantly, how do we help someone else perhaps in our organization whose personal brand does indeed elevate that brand of our organization? All of our individual brands, of course, come together to bring together that image that we want our nonprofit to convey. So indeed, this is important for everyone in the organization. So without further ado, enjoy this conversation with Yvonne Levine. Yvonne, thank you for joining me on the path. Well, thank you, Pat, and I'm thrilled to be a part of your podcast. Well, I'm excited to have you. We've had great conversations over the years about many aspects of leadership and marketing, and in our both of our cases, our work with some nonprofit folks. Obviously, your work is not exclusively uh, with nonprofits, but you've had great experiences, both from project work and as a volunteer. But why don't we start with your leadership journey uh, as we speak to many of those that are listening who are coming from the nonprofit community? Well, sure. Um, you know, I was thinking about this, Pat, and I got involved with nonprofits very early in my career. And I have to thank um, an early boss who believes strongly that young professionals should go and find passion outside of work. And she was the one who came to me and said, find an organization you're interested in and get involved. I started uh, on a board, uh, a young affiliates board of an art association uh, that wanted to promote the arts to other young people like me. And I caught the bug. Uh, and I've been, you know, involved with nonprofits throughout um my life since then, um, you know, most 
recently here in Charlotte, I was involved with the Carolina Raptor Center and uh, with Generation Nation, which, of course, that's how you and I met. Um, Absolutely. Your uh, marketing and consulting experience has evolved over your different experiences as a, a professional. Tell me about the, the work you do now, consulting and coaching and whatnot. Yes. So back in 2008, I decided to leave the corporate world and strike out on my own. And I knew that I wanted to stay in the marketing space and that I really love marketing strategy. So I work with small and mid-sized businesses primarily, um, including some nonprofits. Uh, to help them define their marketing strategy for the organization. Um, And I have found that many times most businesses, including nonprofits, waste a lot of money and time on tactics because they really don't understand the importance of a solid marketing strategy. And that's uh, where my focus lies, is helping businesses get a better return on their investment and achieving their goals. I love that. And you and I've talked about where nonprofits sometimes, uh, I, I don't know if they fully dismiss marketing, but they don't consider it a core effort. And as you know better than anyone, if your marketing strategy is not clear, you're certainly not going to serve the population your nonprofit intends to serve, nor are you going to get the message out and help raise funds. Exactly. And, you know, so many times there's just the focus on a tactic, uh, particularly a trendy tactic. Um, You know, somebody hears about, oh, we should be doing video or we should be uh, on Facebook or Twitter. Well, that may be. But then again, it may not be. Uh, It depends on your goals and it depends on your target audience. And you have to do a lot of hard homework first before you pick the tactic. Yeah, I could not agree more. And that strategic focus helps answer questions like that before we just react to the latest fad on social media certainly gives us plenty of fads and ideas, not all of which are are relevant given the time and energy we have to devote to them. Exactly. um, As you know, this podcast has a few featured questions for my guest experts like yourself, um, and it's a, a particular emphasis on productivity. And as a project manager that you have to be managing clients and activities and things in your life, uh, do you have a few technologies or tactics or tricks that you use to help stay organized? Absolutely. Um, I guess my number one tactic is that I try every day to sit down and review my daily schedule as well as looking at the rest of the week. Right. Um, right. You've got to do that because you've got to think through what tasks do I need to complete that are a must on the day, but also other tasks that take you into the rest of the week. So I'm a big advocate of scheduling reminders. I use Outlook. I I know there's lots of programs, but I I schedule reminders all the time for key tasks so I don't forget um, something important, whether it's a meeting or a project. And I guess 
Well, it, it helps me because I, I will tell you, you know, the older I get, the more for, forgetful I get. So <laughs> I've, I've got to do something. Um, and then the other thing that I do, because emails and text are flying back and forth all the time, in particular, if I have agreed to meet with somebody or to talk over the phone, I don't leave that sitting in my inbox or um, in my messages, you know, via text, I get it on my calendar right away. uh, Because if I don't, I'll forget about it. So your calendar is in essence, your task manager. Is that fair to say? That is very fair to say. Um, And even if I have put a meeting on my calendar, if the requester has asked me to have a meeting, but didn't send me an invite, I'll go ahead and send the invite back because that way we're both on the same page and nobody wastes time. Very smart and certainly not exclusive to the nonprofit industry, but the flurry of activity can quickly be lost on our calendars. And that is a a recipe for falling behind in a hurry if we don't keep up. Well, productivity may be something we circle back to among several professional development topics, but Yvonne, you make a wonderful case for, and and I'll let you describe more fully the the concept of personal branding, which I think is fascinating and very important for nonprofit leaders who, in many cases, of course, are focused on the mission, the cause that they aspire to, to be part of. And so maybe they're not looking at themselves and, quote, personal branding. But tell us about what do you mean by personal branding and and why is it important? Well, let's take a a step back first and talk about the definition of a brand. And at its very core, it's a person's perception of a product, a service, an experience, or an organization. Taking that one step further, A personal brand is a person's perception of another person, primarily in a business context. Right. So the reason why it's important, whether you're a nonprofit leader or a corporate leader, is that understanding your brand and what you have to offer greatly impacts your influence over others, achieving goals. Uh, aligning with the mission. So for your nonprofit um, professionals, you've got to understand how your unique talents affect your organization. And you have to play on those strengths, on those talents, in order to build awareness, not only about yourself, but about your nonprofit. That's well put. And as much as we want to lead with our nonprofits brand and the good work that we accomplish, often people are going to get to know our organization through individuals, right? And so if I am the representative of my nonprofit, my brand, my reputation is indeed very important. Exactly. And I'll give you a good example. Um, Many years ago, I met Molly Barker of Girls on the Run. And I am sure for those of you who know Molly, Molly is synonymous with the brand of Girls on the Run. She is the founder 
Uh, and Molly, in my opinion, has done an excellent job of understanding her strengths and promote, promoting her unique skill set, which in turn has delivered the success of Girls on the Run. Are there certain things Molly did, you think, Yvonne, early on or throughout her time with Girls on the Run that you think, I guess, both benefited her, but more importantly, benefited the organization? I do. I mean, my perception is that Molly, while I'm sure she had um, fear, particularly in the beginning of ramping this up, the fact that she understood her own calling, her own passion, um, and what message she had to bring to the table allowed her to build up the success of Girls on the Run. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it seems, again, my uh, observations of her use of social media, um, and, and you're right, she became synonymous with the organization, but I think lifted up, up both herself and the organization and has allowed the organization to continue without her or when she's been less actively involved. It certainly, you know, didn't hurt that uh, she had built up the brand that she did. Absolutely. And she didn't just do it um, through one venue, which we'll talk about more later on sure. uh, the different components of a personal brand. But let's just leave it as she just didn't uh, issue a statement one day and then let it be. <laughs> That's a good point. There was clearly a strategy that I know you will help us unpack and define. Um, I guess someone, particularly a, a young or new professional, might say, well, Yvonne, when do I start with this? Is that something that I need to focus on as a, quote, senior professional? But I'll pose the question directly. When should a professional begin focusing on their personal brand? Ideally, as soon as they hit the job market. And maybe, <laughs> right, right. Maybe even a little before. Um, you know, you and I both have um, children in college. And particularly today with the um, vastness of reach within social media, you almost can't ignore that you have to take control of your brand early. Right. Um, and I was just talking to my daughter the other day that we need to go ahead and create a LinkedIn profile for her. Indeed. No, she, you know, she's not, um, in the job market yet for her profession, but but by her taking the time to think about what she has to offer and to put that on a platform such as LinkedIn, where other business professionals view and interact um, every day, that will give her a leg up on the people, the young people that you know wait. Uh, and think that they don't need to do anything until they're ready to interview for a job. And then they scramble to put a resume together. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that's something that I encourage everyone. Don't wait until your back is against the wall of that. Uh, oh, no mo moment that I need to get a resume together or somebody has asked me to put together a one sheeter about myself and I don't know where to start. Yeah, Start absolutely. early and always um, 
edit, 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 and add to as your career progresses. Yeah, I could not agree more. And I think otherwise, I think young professionals are going to be judged by their other social media output, which, you know, may be more of a personal nature, which again, may not be as conducive to getting hired by any organization. So your advice to even before you finish college to build that, uh, those branding tools, the resume, the LinkedIn profile, other descriptors of your work and potential strikes me as exactly the right time to get started on your personal brand. Agreed. And a key point is understand everybody has a brand by default. Okay. If you don't embrace your brand, you still have a brand by default. So it's important for you as the individual to showcase what makes you unique. Don't leave that to somebody else. You want to control the narrative um, and you want to share the attributes that make you shine. Don't assume that somebody else is going to do it for you. Well, and again, in our sector, Yvonne, that I think there's sometimes a natural modesty to nonprofit work. Uh, there, again, I've used the phrase several times. It's mission-focused, servant leaders. So uh, perhaps many in our sector are not comfortable, quote, promoting themselves. How, how would you respond to someone that says, "Hey, I just, I don't want to kind of blow my own horn that way." Well, I think that's natural. You know, society tends to frown on people who brag. You're told by your mom, don't be a braggart. (laughs) Right. Okay. But I, you know, I really believe that there's a fundamental difference between bragging and clearly articulating one's unique strength. All right. We're not asking you to brag. Okay. yes, particularly if you're in the nonprofit sector and you view yourself, I like the term servant leader, you still have to know yourself, take care of yourself and let people know who you are. Because let's face it, Patton, everybody likes to know the other person. Right. If you're just if you're just one dimensional you're not very interesting where if you've let yourself out in the open, uh, people are going to respond to you better than if you're just, you know, a face on a website. So you're okay with someone being proactive, obviously that you want to be authentic and, and, and uh, honest in your appraisal, but You'd rather shape your brand in a positive way than let it be shaped for you. Yes. And it's very easy uh, to have others shape your brand. And that's not always a good thing. You know, think about um, the proliferation of all the review sites, you know, whether it's Yelp or TripAdvisor or even in certain professions, they're their own rating sites. If you're not proactive in shaping your own persona, there could be something negative that somebody else says about you. And if you haven't already uh, established your persona 
as authentic and responsive, then things can go south quickly. Um, yeah. And we all have to realize that. That's a great point. And uh, technology is only going to advance that kind of 360 analysis on everybody. And so if you're not ahead of that game, it, you're going to fall behind quickly and I think jeopardize your chances for career opportunities and certainly career advancement. Um, you, you referenced Yvonne earlier that being ready with your resume, uh, in fact, before the first job opportunity emerges, um, what are the other things you can do or the components of building a personal brand that you would advise? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I am a huge advocate of LinkedIn. Um, as you know, you know, LinkedIn is the number one global business platform. Um, there are millions of profiles on LinkedIn, but the percentage of active LinkedIn users is much smaller. And I, I think we need to change that. Um, and what I mean by that is, sure, you may have put up a profile um, two years ago and you think you're done. Well, things change. You need to stay current with your LinkedIn profile. You never know who's looking at your profile. That is a big part of your personal brand, uh, particularly that summary statement uh, a lot of people ignore that. That right. is what I call an I statement. It is not to be written in the third person. It is your authentic statement about why you do what you do in a big sense. So that is a, a key component of personal branding. Yes, you, you should have a good resume. You should also have what, what I always term as the one-sheeter, where it has your photo and a concise summary of this is who I am, um, this is what I do for a living, this is what brings me joy and passion personally um, through outside activities, um, you know, a speaker's bio, for lack of a better term. That's another component of personal branding. Well, you know, it's important because as leaders, uh, you should be asked to speak periodically and you will be asked for information. Don't wait till the last minute to send it to somebody. All right. Because it, it, it's not going to truly reflect um, your, your talents. Um, you, you won't be able to shine through as a real person. I think it's a great point. In fact, I've had opportunities and made the mistake of, of in a speaking opportunity, sending the classic resume, and then you risk the person that introduces you picking and choosing random nuggets from your history as opposed to a concise description of how you want to be uh, described and, and introduced to that audience. And so I think that's very smart to just be proactive and don't let them look up your bio somewhere on social media, have that ready and send it to them so that you're presented in the way you want to be. Exactly. And, you know, it's okay to have different versions of that speaker bio uh, because it depends on your audience. And, you know, that's a key part of marketing. Um, you always have to look outward 
when you're marketing? Who who is your audience and why are they going to care what you have to say? Depending on the venue impacts the type of information you provide. So if you're speaking to other nonprofit uh, professionals, you may tailor your speaker's bio differently than if you're asked to speak in a corporate setting where um, maybe you're looking for funding from that organization. Uh, You you know, so you can't forget about that. You also can't forget about what I call thought leadership. And that's, you know, everything from uh, are you blogging? Are you in any um, online forums, you know, professional forums? You have to really think about your image within those arenas. And, and this all goes back to why you you have to have a true understanding of yourself um, and what you have to offer so that can shine through on all those venues. Yeah, I think that's so well put. And I, I really believe uh, aspiring nonprofit professionals should constantly be thinking about content creation as you are suggesting, um, not just kind of forwarding along information you find randomly on the web, but demonstrating that you have knowledge and opinions about topics relevant to your sector, to your industry. And I guess that's exactly what you're suggesting, right, Yvonne, that build a a library, if you will, of of content, which in essence reinforces and validates you and your brand. Absolutely. And I like uh, your analogy of building a library. That's exactly how you should look at it. I I think the nonprofit sector, admittedly, everyone's busy, um, but there are topics that need exploration. And many of the nonprofit professionals you and I both know um, have good things to say. They're on the front line, so to speak. Um, And I think that's just such a good habit professionally to to write things down, uh, to communicate through whatever medium you use. But as you are suggesting, it also has great benefits for you personally, as well as your organization. And two, if you make this a habit, you will gain more confidence and you will have less fear about promoting yourself because it will come naturally because you've really uh, given careful thought, as you said, you know, about different topics and how it relates to your audiences, how it relates to your organization's own goals and how it relates to your personal goals. Well, you're exactly right. And we've touched on kind of the producing written content for your library. Uh, You've also referenced several times to speaking. And I take it that's something you focus with clients and uh, folks that you're coaching, um, they've got to be comfortable in a public speaking setting, or is that what you're suggesting there? Well, it, it depends on the person. Um, you have to find your voice. You know, most people are not comfortable public speakers, and that's because they haven't had practice. So it, it's very individualized. Um, When I'm coaching somebody, I'm never going to force somebody to go out and be a speaker. Because honestly, if the person truly 
uh, doesn't want to do it and they're forced to do it, it can be a real disaster. <laughs> right. Okay. It can do more harm than, harm than good, right, in that point. You really can. But, um, you know, through my coaching, you can almost look at, look at it as a maybe spiritual journey isn't exactly the right phrase. But I, I try to get my clients to look at themselves objectively. Um, which allows their own true story to come through. And, you know, it's easier for you, for example, to tell me your story than me to say to you, okay, Pat, and I just need you to write your own story. Right. And then you just give it to me. All right. It's a two way conversation. And, you know, through the coaching process, I'm teasing out bits of information that articulate what your talents are. And then I feed it back to you. And as you grow more comfortable with it, your story flows better. And then I can help you define that true narrative of this is who Pat McDowell is, for example. And then we'll translate it into all those various components. Speaking engagements can be one of them, but certainly uh, we need your um, offline and online written story of who you are and what you have to offer. That's an interesting point that you you look you you suggest we all have elements uh, positive elements that can come together to present our brand and our story. Uh, but often the conversation you have is what it is necessary to help tease that out. And then you help it help someone kind of stitch those elements together into a canvas that, that represents who they are and what they aspire to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, think of it as the, the analogy of uh, brain freeze when, when you're forced to take a written test. You know, you're, right. you, you know, you, you're nervous that the proctor says go and everything leaves your mind. Well, my job is to make sure you don't have that brain freeze. So when somebody asks you, tell me about yourself, and, and this could be at a networking event, you, you know, your elevator speech, for example. I don't want you to freeze up. I want you to be able to naturally Speak about who you are uh, and be authentic. So then the person who's listening to your response wants to know more. And that gives you more opportunities to promote uh, your organization and yourself, depending right. on the venue. The elevator speech is such a great way to describe it. And Many nonprofits, in fact, almost all I would suggest have talked about their elevator speech as an organization. But I find a lot of individuals uh, don't have that same comfort level. And I will meet with in, in my coaching uh, career uh, aspiring nonprofit professionals who cannot articulate, though, an elevator speech for themselves. They, they know they want to do more. They want to perhaps do something different. But they have not been coached, Yvonne, uh, by you or someone like you who helps them articulate. Here's who I am. I've been successful at, but here's where I'm going. 
and can kind of offer a more compelling vision for their future, which in turn makes someone uh, want to help them. Uh, but if they don't have any kind of clarity around that vision, then it's hard for you to know how you can assist them on their professional journey. Exactly. And, and nothing makes me happier when I can see one of my clients have that breakthrough, that aha mo- moment of, oh, I get it. And this does feel good. And this is my story. That's what the personal brand is all about. Well, well put. And I think you also are a good advocate for coaching in general, Yvonne. What, when someone says to you, you know, how can you help me as a coach or how is coaching helpful, do you think, to a professional? I think it comes down to objectivity. You know, you need somebody, we all do, um, who's not so close to us that can evaluate and truly listen to what the other person is saying and then offer objective advice. Uh, to set up scenarios, you, you know, are you at? Are you telling me this? Is that what you meant? Oh well, no, not exactly. What I really meant was to say this. Okay, well, let's learn how to frame that. Um, that that's the essence of it. We we all need somebody on the outside that can look at us. Because we do not look at ourselves objectively. And sometimes we're so much better than what we think uh, we are. And then other times, you you know, you need to be tweaked here and there. But use a trusted advisor to help you along with that journey. That's going to make you a better leader in the long run. That's well put. And I, I think while we all need friends and family for encouragement, Sometimes friends and family aren't objective either, and I guess that reinforces your point that a coach is one who can, yes, encourage, but also provide you with the actual feedback, objective feedback that's going to help you get better. Yes. Coaching certainly strikes me as a, a tool that we all should consider in our professional development journey is, are there other tools or professional development um tactics or ideas that you would add to the toolkit? I will speak for myself. And my number one tool is to never stop learning. Yeah. Um, I personally love to learn about new things, any and all things. Um, and sometimes I spend a little too much time uh, on my Google search. Um, <laughs> Because I'm just I'm interested in all sorts of different aspects. And and so I would encourage everybody, don't ever think that you've reached the pinnacle of your knowledge because there's always something else to learn. Um, I'll give you a personal anecdote. When I started my consulting business back in 2008, um, I recall a colleague um, asking me, well, you know, what do you want to achieve, Yvonne? And I said, well, first of all, I want to understand how Facebook works. Now, I think how funny that is, you know, in 2019. But the point is that what is relevant 
you know, a year, five years ago, 10 years ago is not necessarily relevant today. So if you, you think that you should be afraid to ask for information, uh, don't be afraid to approach somebody that maybe you're a little intimidated by and ask them questions because they'll be flattered and you'll come away with more knowledge and you never know uh, where that conversation may lead you to that new branch in the road that relates to your career, your mission. Um, it, it just, uh, just always look to develop yourself. That's it, great counsel, Yvonne. And, and in essence, uh, stretch yourself. And I like the point you make of talking to someone that perhaps is a little intimidating sometimes, but I think when we reach out to aspirational colleagues or peers in our industry, in our field, um, good things happen. Um, but you're right in that many people won't take that step for whatever reason. They hesitate, and uh, I think it provides a networking advantage and, as you put it, a knowledge advantage because that person has experience, knowledge, resources that can absolutely help you as well. And, and one final comment on that, I would encourage those of us who have been around a little longer, I'll say, uh, don't shy away from asking someone younger for their opinion, because while they may not be as seasoned as we are, they may have a perspective you've never thought of. Um, and I just... I, I, I really think it all keeps us young and vibrant if we don't get caught up in, I can only talk to somebody who's in my peer group. Great advice and great point. Everyone has a perspective, whether they are a rookie in their field or a veteran. Um, obviously, folks come from different communities, different organizations. So I could not agree more. I love the diversity of individuals and organizations that can combine to give us a wealth of knowledge. And as you said at the beginning of that kind of point, um, you have to embrace knowledge and that's just a healthy mindset no matter what. Agreed. Well, any final advice, Yvonne? It, 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 you've given numerous ways, I think, for us to think about branding, um, both in preparing our information, our material uh, thinking about the audiences in which we will interact and the ways literally we will communicate with uh, small groups to large groups or anything in between. But any other advice you would give someone who's now thinking about their personal brand? Um, I would say my parting thought, if nothing else, if it still terrifies you to go down that road of self-exploration, is try to think of yourself as a client because if you can think of your own self that way, um, it's not as intimidating because you want to help your clients, right? So if you think of yourself as a client, then you should help that client. Uh, and maybe that will be just the nudge to get you started on your own personal branding journey. It's a great perspective, and you're right. I think that takes some of the pressure off if we can switch uh, our perspective that way. Um, Yvonne, this has been fantastic, and I know this will encourage our listeners to kind of assess their current brand 
and how it could uh, continue to evolve as it should. Um, you also know that I am a big fan of reading, and in this case, books, um, any that you have read lately or on your list of ones that you recommend? Well, this is an oldie but a goodie, but <laughs> I still, I really still believe in How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Good. Oh, okay. I mean, if yeah. you go back and, and, and you read uh, his book, it's the foundation of how to communicate with people. And if we can't communicate with one another, what's the reason for living? Um, so I, I, I'm going to stay with that classic. But I would also say, you know, in today's world, there are so many blogs your excellent blog included, um, that you can tap all sorts of information. I, I was uh, on Google today again, um, and I typed in the phrase best blogs for personal branding. And there are several. So I would, you know, encourage you if you're interested um Put in the, the, those search terms and see what you get and poke around a little bit. Um, I'm sure something will speak to you. That's fantastic. And you're right. What a resource we have with technology and uh, find venues that have the kind of information you're seeking. And I, though, like the foundation you've given us, Dale Carnegie, definitely in my library as I look at my bookshelf right this second uh, good one for us to all remember. Um, Yvonne, how can we learn more about the, the good work you're doing? I certainly will put in the, the show notes your website. Is there anything else you would like to direct people toward? Well, I do write a blog and you can find it either on Facebook or on LinkedIn under YGL Enterprises. Um, I always appreciate uh, all my followers, and I appreciate comments on my blogs. Again, that's how I learned. So, um, you know, check it out if you're interested and let me know what you think. Yvonne, that's fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you joining me today on the path. Well, I've enjoyed talking to you, uh, Pat, and it's, a, it's always fun for us to have a good conversation together. All right. Thanks again. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Yvonne. Uh, she and I tackled all of the things that will give you specific ways to improve your personal brand and things that you can do to enhance your LinkedIn profile in any way that your brand is communicated obviously represents your organization and they are part and parcel of the same image that you want to convey, not just now, but so that you can achieve senior leadership down the road. As always, please check out the show notes and the associated article on our website, PattonMcDowell.com, and enjoy every element of this conversation and as well as the resources that Yvonne brought up. Thanks as always for listening in. I appreciate your time, and I hope you will share this episode with others in the nonprofit community that you know that are trying to enhance their personal brand and move further along the path to nonprofit leadership. Thanks for all you're doing for the sector and for whatever cause you're passionate about. And I look forward to seeing you next time on The Path.